trouble, baby. A wet ball of flesh emerges from our mother's uterus. A cold slap on our ass as we come to life. Poetic earthlings. Weeks spent crawling around on all fours, spoiling our diapers with delight and putting stupid things in our mouths. We grow. The Earth is spinning at astronomical speeds, but we have to learn to balance in our feet and formulate more than two-word sentence and drive our parents crazy with redundant questions. School dances, romantic persuasions, crazy hair days, and the pressure of peers. Broken hearts and noses from adolescent love to high school bullies. Give me your lunch money. Working nine to five in the capitalist machine. Taxes and credit and student loan payments. You fall in love. Rings exchanged. Honeymoon passion. Now the baby is on the way. She looks like you. Beautiful, mysterious following in your steps with bad habits and dirty diapers. Eventually, you walk her down the aisle as you start to feel old. If babies were delivered by storks and placed at the feet of expecting parents, then my task will be easy. The messy procedure of explaining to my boy the male and female parts and how they connect to form him will be removed, along with the awkward stare from preteen boy looking for exits. My wife reframes leaving me to explain a beautiful gift that the world has distorted. A physical poem. A song comprised of two-part harmony, growing together, becoming one flesh. Not sure if I could articulate it like this. It may come across as gibberish or too theological for his brain to grapple. Hmm, perhaps a pop-up book is the best thing to do with crayon-colored diagrams showing the naughty parts. Get this, an anthropomorphic dog narrating the story. If I don't teach him, his friends will intervene and butcher the Mona Lisa with perversity, turning every da Vinci into a gigolo, from a king to a jack 
to a player of Queen's Hearts. I wish it was that simple. A bundle of joy delivered by a stork. Of course he didn't think about it, as his nimble fingers carved out the letters. It didn't dawn on him about the extra chromosomes invading each cell. His concern was to build a box, a 19-inch pure white with curved handles on both sides. His impeccable craftsmanship his 25 years' attention to detail guided the adhesive, creating a waterproof sealment. He did not dwell on the content. A seven-day life. A tiny dot on the fabric of eternity. A mind too young to question her mortality. All of his toil will be buried in the earth. Never to see the rising of the sun the box will make its slow descent. The shovels will pour forth the soil. Tears mixed with anguish will stain our faces as the pretty girl in the little box will exit from the stage. Life, death, and other distractions. We the mortal limited in power, time-bound creatures. Our beauty is that of a lily, human fragility, one foot after the other, learning how to walk in the land of imbalance, worshiping mirrors, years spent in futility. The God reflected cannot guide us from bondage, transient in nature, Physical form is held by atoms, absorbed by death, and then recycled. Sharp enough to slice the veil between life and death. We the mortal. Daughters of Eve and sons of Adam, born in corruption. A seed planted in obscure soil. Door of salvation. Many are called, but few are transfigured. Be sure as a way of getting people's attention. The Salida snob with a Napoleon complex 
tossing his weight around. Who does he think he is? As he lays down the rules, walking in and out of our house with his dirty boots, messing up our marriage and our weekend getaway, creating roadblocks and detours, wreaking havoc on manicured lawns. He's never invited. He barges his way in, obnoxious and egotistic. His stench recoils in our stomach. His dress style is gothic. Mannerism is slobbish. We were caught off guard by his timing. It was predictable, but unexpected. Punctual and never tardy. He was a lousy dinner guest. He's the one that I hate. This merciless beast disrupts my family, overturned dreams. I wish I could kill him, wrap my fingers around its neck, drown him in a river. The enemy of life. This is the end. Sometimes I look forward to my eyes closing, heart fainting, body resting in the earth, life and its plethora of twisting vines have choked the sunflower, stripped of my techno-colored coat and thrown into the pit, sold never resurfaced as a prince. Used as a spoke in the wheel of progress, the day is coming when the sweet soil will envelope my body. The Mustang will be free from its harness and gallop in the great by and by. What does eternity hold for you? fight and struggle to leave a mark, knowing where the wind blows, these human clay jars of oxygen will breathe its last. Only the foolish cling to a disappearing world and suck its maple from the tree. I can't throw stones at them. I have thirsted for gold, intoxicated by earthly mansions, wanting to build an empire they're all made of straw or movable sand. Crowns rust over time. Beauty queens fade. The winner of the 69th Miss Universe competition is... The strong grows weak and enters the home, waiting to expire on their easy chairs, bathed and fed 
and placed behind windows. The little drummer boy beats on his drums. As we wait for the last kick and snare. Now one doctor is planning on making history by performing the world's first ever head transplant. Yep, you heard correctly, a head transplant, the full head. The pioneering and somewhat controversial operation will see the head of Valerie Spiridonov, who's terminally ill and wheelchair-bound, attached to an... After I watched the news about potential human head transplant, I thought of Jeff. There he was, languishing on his wheelchair piloting his almost lifeless body to and from the office. What a burden it must be, lugging around a heap of meat that doesn't connect with his brain, struggling to use the handicapped bathroom as he holds himself up by the bar. The surgeon planning this operation says it'll take around 150 medical staff 36 hours to complete. The first step is to freeze the head and body in order to stop the brain cells from dying. Not only his legs, but his arms are paralyzed from the neck down. Does he think about sex or running through the field? Or does he banish those thoughts? Jeff also watched the same news highlights. Cord. And doctors will be using an extremely fine blade made from diamond to minimize the damage here. The head will then be moved from the donor body and the spinal cord will be fused together using a special type of glue. His response was counter from what I expected. He did not embrace the technology as an answered prayer, but threw critical stones against the idea. Is Jeff crazy? Wouldn't anyone in their right mind desire to relinquish the chair and part from an immobilized body? If I was in his predicament, I would toss my tired, beat-up body to the scrapyard and acquire a lean and muscular physique. On a second thought, it is emotionally difficult to detach yourself from your body with all of its defects and complications. It still belongs to you. If your car gets old and breaks down, you go to the dealership and replace it. Sentimentality does not overpower that decision. Our bodies are unique. We may not like certain parts and wish they were curved another angle. And we may secretly of its celebrities' shapes and sizes. In the end, for the most of us, we accept our bodies. Hey babe, can I ask you something? Do you think this makes me look fat? Perhaps Jeff has accepted his inferior frame, his paralyzed legs and arms. The notion of having sex or running through a field may never entice him. At the price for pleasure, is to abandon our bodies. Birth, death, and other distractions. Written and produced by York Campbell.
I want to thank my supporters that's helped me through this season. Thank you to Tiffany C. Lewis. Thank you to Timothy Kimo Bryan from the Create Art Podcast. This is Timothy Kimo Bryan, your head instigator at Create Art Podcast. Also, thank you to Alex from the Time for Your Hobby Podcast. But anyways, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Shantae from the Call to Action Podcast. Create and revisit memories of love, harmony, and joy within self. Jennifer Willis, my son Elijah, my African queen, Valrika. Also, thank you so much for you listening to this show. I definitely appreciate it. As I always like to say, this is a labor of love from start to finish. But whenever I go on Twitter and I hear from you guys, it definitely warms my heart because I know that you are out there. You're listening. So to continue to support this show, even when I have this season off, if you could do me a favor, if you could go to buymeacoffee.com slash poetic earthlings. When you're there, you have two choices. You could give monthly to this show. In that way, I'll give you material even when I am off for the season. I'll give you exclusive content. Or you could give per episode. My handle on Twitter is Poetic Earthling. Let me know what you're up to, and I'll let you know how I'm spending my my time off. If you're thinking about doing what I'm doing, telling your stories, then I strongly recommend Blueberry. I signed up with them a while back, and they are an incredible company. What I'll do for you is I'll give you the first month free. I'm not dreaming, am I? You go to their website, blueberry.com, and once you're there, you could type in First Earthling. That is the promotional code, First Earthling, and get your first month free. Also, the Poetic Earthling Studio is open. You could hire me to do some voiceovers, or I could take your short story or poetry and produce it. If you like this show and you like the production elements that I give, then you could hire me. You could always contact me on my website, poeticearthlings.com. Also, special thank you to my big brother, Elvis. Remember, show compassion to your fellow human. And I'll talk to you on the season finale. Take care. Poetic Earthlings